This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. Our guest is Chris Leonard, Schenectady's new city historian. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing fine, Bob. Great to have you on the program. Chris Leonard is a Hamden, Connecticut native, a Schenectady resident for the past 14 years, and was appointed the city of Schenectady historian by Mayor Gary McCarthy. Can you tell us uh, more about yourself and your interest in history? Sure. Um, you know, as you noted, I grew up in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, which is the uh, small city just north of uh, New Haven. Uh, I'm the son of two history professors, which is where my love of history comes from. Uh, my father really, taught... yeah, that yeah. is some. I saw that. In... That is something uh, they teach in high school or college or no, whatever. They were both college. They were both uh, college professors. My father taught at Southern Connecticut State University and the University of New Haven, and he focused on uh, the growth of cities in the 19th century and violence and vigilantism. And mm-hmm. my mother also taught at Southern Connecticut State University, and she focused on uh, Renaissance England and the reign of Elizabeth I. About that. Well, I kind of interrupted you. What's it? So anything else you'd like to say about your background? Oh, no, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, to say history is in my blood is, is kind of kind of true. And, you know, when... When my friends were reading Batman and Spider-Man comics, I was, you know, reading about uh, Abraham Lincoln and Richard the Lionhearted. Um, you know, I came to the Capital District in the late nineteen in the late nineteen eighties uh, to go to SUNY Albany, uh, where I studied English and history and uh, got B, got bachelor's of arts in both, and then also got my master's uh, there in, in English with a concentration on writing. And then uh, fourteen years ago, my wife Buffy and I moved to Schenectady and. That's kind of how it all started here. And you live um, in an historic part of Schenectady. Where do you live? Yes, we do. For uh, for the last four years, we've lived in the uh, the GE uh, historic plot, which is um, a, a neighborhood that was uh, built starting in the year 1900 as a as homes for uh, GE executives as well as uh, local business leaders, uh, religious leaders, political leaders, and the like. And each one of the 128 houses and buildings in this neighborhood has a has a great history, and mm. that's what I, that's one of the projects I'm working on is a history of all the residents of the GE plot. There have and been some fact, great names I, I, like uh, Charles Steinmetz and uh, Irving Langmuir and many other uh, many others. I understand that you've done some work on your own house. What what is uh, the background of your house? Yeah, my wife and I live in a house called uh, which is which is the uh, the Herbert Walker home. Um, named after the original resident of the home, Herbert Walker, who owned uh, Walker's Pharmacy uh, in downtown Schenectady on State Street. Uh, the house was built, or is listed as having been built, uh, circa 1902. But uh, based on research I've done, I don't think that's correct. I think it's more likely 1904. Uh, and I'm still working that out. You know, this, is, this is part of the whole uh, being a historian effect. I love it because I essentially get to be a detective, but nobody's shooting at me. Uh, anyway, in, in this in this house, uh, Herbert Walker and his family lived here till the late 1920s, uh, when when Mr. Walker passed on. And in the early 1930s, the home was bought by um, a patent a GE patent attorney by the name of Hewlett Scudder and uh, his wife Alice Scudder. And they were both uh, in their 50s when they met and married. And so it was the first marriage for both. They lived here together for 11 years. Uh, Hewlett passed away. Uh, he had a he had a massive heart attack. And Alice continued to live here until the age of 108 in the year 1986. 
she published poetry. She was a maven of the arts and a bigwig in the uh, local Episcopal uh, Schenectady Church. Mm. So it sounds like an historic uh, home right there. And all the, the homes in the plot, or well, let me ask you, are the homes in the plot all kind of individual? I mean, there's not exactly a, well, there wasn't exactly a building code or anything like they all should look a certain way. Oh, no, no. There was, there was no building code to determine how the houses themselves should look, although there were four co- uh, covenants that each, uh, that each person buying a plot of land in, in the plot had to agree to. And that was that the house itself had to be built for just one family. Uh, the second was that the, the house had to be worth when completed, uh, and this is back in, in around the turn of the, the 20th century, the house had to be valued at $4,000 or more which was double the mean uh, price of homes in Schenectady at the time. Um, the, the house also, um, there was also then the, uh, the fence compact, which you couldn't build a wall around your house that was higher than three feet tall, and no homes could be fully fenced in. The idea is that they wanted this to be an egalitarian area where political business and GE leaders could you know, meet and discuss things. They didn't want it to be like manor homes in England or Europe where everything would be fenced in and hmm. the peasantry would walk by and couldn't enter. But for the original question, um, these houses were showpieces. And you know, these were the glitterati of uh, Schenectady who lived here. So major architects from as far away as Chicago, Boston, and, and New York were, were brought in to build these unique showpiece homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking with uh, Chris Leonard, who's the new Schenectady City historian. I think we could probably spend the whole podcast talking about the GE plot. But let me uh, ask you this. You, uh, um, you're you not paid to be Schenectady City historian. I mean, you have a job. What is your uh, what, do, what do you do for a living? Yeah, I, ru- I run a marketing firm called Wordsmith Promotions. I work with uh, small businesses and nonprofits in the Capital District, um, doing everything from traditional marketing press releases, uh, all of that, through uh, online marketing, social media marketing, SEO, uh, crowdsourcing, grant fund, you know, getting grants. Uh, heck, I even I've even painted walls for some of my clients. Okay, very good. Now, when you took over as a historian, the post had been vacant since the former historian, who's also county historian Don Rittner, um, lost his position because. They, they cut the money that they were paying him uh, from the, the city budget. Um, it, I gathered in an article that uh, Bill Buell uh, wrote about you for the, uh, uh, the Daily Gazette and also was online that uh, you said something the effect or the, the sense that I got was that you, you, know, you use your skills in marketing and public relations to get grants and so forth for uh, city history. I have a good bit of experience uh, writing grants through, uh, you know, through Wordsmith Promotions, and I'm hoping to be able to use that to uh, work through uh, this disconnected historian position. Now, one of the first things I really want to do is go after some grants to digitize many of the photographs that we have available in the Eppner History Center and in the City Hall. Um, we're also just a wee bit behind technologically speaking, so I'd like to uh, improve that. Um, get some get some better technology, some better scanners, and like to uh, really be able to push that forward and bring in some volunteers to help us out. That's really where I'm going to start in terms of uh, getting uh, getting grants. You mentioned that uh, your office is called the Efner History Center. It's in City Hall, third floor, I believe. Who was Efner? 
William Eppner was a was a local historian who did who wrote a number of uh, books and did a lot of research on early Schenectady uh, back in the 1940s and the 1950s. And he eventually became the city historian of Schenectady. And his the, the bulk of what we have up in the Eppner Center um, are all of the materials he's saved. And he took thousands and thousands of photographs. Um, on, on all kinds of subjects related to Schenectady County, uh, he was also a. Uh, he also traced um, George. Every time George Washington came to Schenectady, uh, so we've got a number of boxes on his materials on that. And he had a very odd uh, way of cataloging materials. So, well, we use Dewey Decimal for um, for for put, you know for where storing and finding our books, and we have other manners that are our archival methods. Um, we have a whole key for finding materials that he's written because they're in, still in his system. Mm. Now, it's been five years since the last official city historian. Who's been minding the store, if you will? Well, we've had the city archivist, who's also a volunteer, Cindy Secord, has done a magnificent job uh, keeping up the, uh, the, the, the files and the materials at uh, the Eppner Center. I mean, it's a, it's a job that needs more than one person, and... Uh, but she's done a great job organizing, and, and the material just keeps coming in from all over, from throughout throughout City Hall and throughout the city itself. And you know, it's a it's a big work to keep it going, and Cindy's done great at that. Yeah. Um, also, on the subject of city historians, county historians, you know, we recently did a podcast with the uh, county historian in Tompkins County who, and also I believe the Ithaca historian and Cornell historian. Uh, and one of the issues is, is statewide is that the job of municipal historian appears to be a requirement. Not all communities, you know, appoint somebody, but there's no, it's an, it's an unfunded mandate. You, you think there ever will be government money again for this? I mean, I would, I would certainly like to hope so. It's, it is a very important position. You know, it, it, this person you know writes constantly about the cities they live in. Um, they do all manner of uh, public presentations, and they go out to the schools and they teach. We do historic preservation. Uh, we work on city advocacy and and building city tourism. So, I mean, it's it's a vital role. It's a vital position. And while it is in the state charter, there's no penalty for not having a historian. So. There's no, there's the, the greater push or drive is not necessarily there. But I'd like to think there will be a time, you know, as we move forward, uh, that that it will be valued a little more. And one of the, one of the things I'm going to do is really I'm working to do is really to show that value, not just in the terms of uh, the archival work and in the writing, but I really want to be out more in the community and doing a lot of work with local businesses to get to uh, demonstrate how history, how the history of the city can help them. Mm. Also, what about partnering, if you will, with the county? It, wasn't there a time when Schenectady had one person who was county and city historian? I, I seem to recall that, but I may be wrong. Yes, the previous um, uh, city historian was also the county historian in, in Don Rittner. Um, it's not ideal to have somebody holding both positions. And it does, it does happen, but... Um, it, it, at least to my mind, it's not an ideal situation because the city historian really should be focused on the city of Schenectady, while the um, the county historian works a lot more with uh, the state historian and unearthing topics that, that are of value to the entire county and can work with the local and municipal historians there to get these things done. 
Okay. We're talking with Chris Leonard, who is the new city historian of Schenectady, New York. We'll continue with Chris in just a moment. You're listening to the Historians Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore, and I'd like to put in a word for our GoFundMe campaign. It's how we keep going with these uh, weekly podcasts and other historical information that you find on our website, bobcudmore.com. You can make a donation online, gofundme.com forward slash historians 2018. If you don't like to donate online, you can send a check. Uh, make the check out to me, Bob Cudmore. Send to Bob Cudmore, care of 125 Horstman Drive, Scotia, New York, 12302. Chris Leonard is with us. He is the newly appointed Schenectady City Historian. We're talking about your, your planned efforts to get out in the community and uh, focus uh, maybe on the business uh, leaders to uh, show the importance of history. You have certain advantages, I would say, in the city of Schenectady itself. Uh, number one being the history. We've already kind of touched on it, you know, talking about the GE plot and the work of, uh, of William Efter and there are many other, other things. But also, Schenectady County uh, has a very uh, active historical society. Uh, the Schenectady County Historical Society does a lot of stuff and is for a historical society uh, well endowed uh, financially. You've done some work over there, haven't you? A few years back when I was doing uh, a lot of research, when I was beginning my research on uh, the residents of the GE uh, Realty Plot, I was spending a lot of time doing research at the uh, Historical Society. And I decided that, you know, since I was getting all of this information, I, I should give back uh, in some way. So I volunteered to work there, and I've been working in the library for the last two years. Uh, I started out uh, helping them with the digitization project of some of their photographs of, uh, of GE, of ALCO, of the Erie Canal. And then over the, la the course of the last six months, I've had the privilege of um, reading through and uh, databasing and documenting the correspondence uh, between uh, Charles Steinmetz and uh, the rest of the world. And that's just been an absolute privilege and something I love doing. Yeah, that sounds it. Uh, that it must be uh, fascinating. He was uh, a famous uh, creator of all things electrical and a very interesting guy. He was a socialist, right? He got involved in the community. Yes, he was. I mean, he he served as the uh, the head of the public works department for a number of years. He was also on the board of education. Um, he had he he left a lot of money to. Uh, to uh, develop local libraries, and uh, even this is back in the 19-teens, he provided a good amount of money to make sure that uh, school children had lunches. You know, very forward-thinking. Mm. And Schenectady has so many of these stories. I, I mean, every place has has history, uh, but uh, there, there are so many things that happened in Schenectady, and we're kind of finding out about some of them. And you were saying that you're trying to approach the business community with with some of these thoughts as to how this might, um, you know, impact them or um, make them more, more eager to uh, have history promoted. You have two interests yourself. Sounds like you have many interests, but uh, let me ask you about them one by one. You're interested in baseball. You mean in particular uh, baseball history in Schenectady? 
Yes, I mean, I'm interested in baseball as as a as a, uh, as, as a general subject matter. I'm a huge Red Sox fan, but I'm also very interested in the history of baseball. I've been collecting baseball cards since I was a a very young kid. Uh, but the history of uh, Schenectady baseball is is absolutely fascinating for a uh, for a city that never had a major league baseball team. You know, we've had a lot of very interesting characters, some great leagues, uh, and do have a lot of baseball history. So one of the things I'm I'm going to be working on this year uh, is trying on opening uh, opening the first game of the uh, the World Series, um, giving a talk at a local restaurant, um, generally one that's not so much a um, a sports bar, but at one that's uh, focused on different things. But on that first night of the World Series, you know, have a talk, and then you know, have stay along with patrons and talk about baseball while the game is going on, and see if we can't you know bring in some more clientele for for such a restaurant. And you know, staying in the the restaurant idea. Another thing I'm working on is a uh, a historiography of food trends in Schenectady from the Native American the Native Americans and the early Dutch settlers all the way up to the most recent immigrants. And what I'd like to do is get <clears throat> get a monthly food tour going. You know, Schenectady is constantly uh, cited as having the best food in upstate New York. So it would make sense for us to, you know, maybe use one of the trolleys we have to have a night where, you know, we go from restaurant to restaurant, you know, sampling, sampling appetizers, drinks, and other food items that correlate to the history of Schenectady's food scenes. And all on, yeah, a, well, on, a, on, a trial, on a trolley, someone else is driving. So if there's alcohol imbibed, nobody's driving. Yeah, I must say, I read that in, again, Bill's article about you. You're working on the history of food in Schenectady. And I certainly like all the restaurants in Schenectady. I live in one of the suburbs, live in Glenville, and mm -hmm. frequently uh, I'm in Schenectady for the variety of, of food that they have. And in terms of baseball, we just had a, a gentleman on the podcast. He lives in uh, Amsterdam. He's a, a film professor at uh, SUNY Albany, Rob Edelman. And he's uh, greatly interested in baseball. I, mean, I would think that maybe the two of you know each other. You've heard of him uh, or, or maybe not. So if, I, if that's the case, you haven't. Now you have. No, I have, I have heard of him, but I have never met Bob. Um, but I'd like to. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, again, also very interested in uh, baseball, and in particular, his other uh, history field is motion pictures. So his latest book, or he's worked on a book that has to do with uh, people in baseball who went into the motion picture business. But back to s specifically Schenectady, about all I really know about Schenectady baseball is the Schenectady Blue Jays. My old uh, radio a colleague, the late uh, Steve Fitz, he used to announce those uh, games. And I know Steve uh, was the voice of a WMHT documentary on the Canadian-American League they used to have. Yes, the, uh, the Schenectady Blue Jays were, uh, <clears throat> were a team in the single-A um, Canadian-American uh, Baseball League from uh, 1946 to 1950. And the minor leagues of baseball were a little different than they are now. There was triple-A, double-A, single-A, uh, B and C, and actually Schenectady, B, C, and D. And actually Schenectady was not an A-League team. Schenectady was a C-League team. So it's just slightly above the, uh, you know, the, the lowest in quality. So players didn't stick around very long. They, you know, they were around for a year, maybe two, and they either went up the ladder or you know, fell, you know, fell down very quickly. But we had some great players come through with the Blue Jays. Uh, most notably, of course, was um, Tommy Lasorda, the pitcher Tommy Lasorda, who is known more for his years managing the uh, L.A. Dodgers than he is for his actual pitching. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And also, now that I think about it, another great source for you, and I wonder if you know this gentleman, he lives almost a stone's throw from where I live in Glenville, and that's uh, David Petruja, who writes now mainly about uh, presidential history, but his first uh, book, and I believe he did that documentary or produced that documentary I was discussing, or I mentioned from D- on WMHD, uh, David Petruccia uh, did a lot of work on the Canadian American League. I've read uh, David Petruccia's book on the uh, Canadian American League, and it's a wonderfully deeply researched book, you know, covering a, a baseball league that, you know, is otherwise just forgotten in time. But if we're going to talk about Schenectady ba- baseball, uh, we'd really be remiss if we don't bring up uh, the author Frank Keats, K-E-E-T-Z. Uh, I view him kind of as the dean of uh, baseball in Schenectady. He's written five books covering the uh, not only the Blue Jays, but the, uh, 19, the 1895 Schenectady Dorpians, the first uh, professional baseball team in uh, Schenectady, as well as a number of books on the uh, Negro Leagues team, the Schenectady Mohawk Giants. Um, so look into his books if you really want to get a lot of information on Schenectady baseball. Really? And is, was he a local uh, person? Yeah, he's a, he's a local historian. He's still, he's still around. Um, and he just, you know, he grew up in the area and was fascinated by uh, the baseball teams that were here and just started researching it and then decided mm. to write about them. Well, again, you uh, scratch the surface practically any place and you find a fascinating history in, uh, in Schenectady. Let me uh, ask you this. Uh, we're talking with Chris Leonard, the Schenectady historian. And back at the beginning of the podcast, you talked about your uh, background. Your parents were history uh, professors and, and you work in a, a promotional uh, field. But it sounds as if you have had a college education in the in the subject of history that seems to be more of a trend now with local municipal historians of which you are one uh in maybe in years past the municipal historian but you know might have been somebody like me sort of interested in history on an amateur level but now it 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 seems to attract uh more professionally trained people such as yourself is that is that happening um, yeah, from what you know, from what I am seeing, that, that that really is the trend. I mean, it's it's less of a person who's you know purely an academic who's been focused on history their whole lives. It's people who have a deep, a deep respect and a deep love and a deep passion for history, but have also you know spent their time doing other things and can bring those experiences into the role of the historian. And the one we talked a bit about uh, Charles Proteus Steinmetz, but. Uh, another big factor in general uh, in Schenectady is General Electric and the uh, rise and you know and now whatever is happening to General Electric uh, within the, in the current day. But that you know that's certainly a you know a very important part of the city's history. Oh, without question. I mean, you know, back, back from uh, you know Edison coming here in 1886 all the way through the you know the long run of of, of GE here. I mean. You know, especially through the you know the 40s and the 50s, when the population of the city was at its height, around 90,000 people. You know, the vast majority of those people worked at General Electric or worked at uh, Alco as well. And you know, those you know we Schenectady at one point had the uh, the moniker of the city that lights and hauls the world. Um, and you know, it, so it's not just a you know the capital H history of of GE, which has 
you know, which the residents of Schenectady produce so many, you know, wonderful technological advancements, but also the lower, you know, the lowercase history, you know, just the people in the city whose livelihoods have come through that company. And then, of course, there's the long colonial history of uh, Schenectady and the burning of Schenectady back in uh, one of the wars between uh, uh, France and England on this continent. Yes, um, and we don't really like to to, to speak of that and and call it the massacre anymore, because it's kind of a misnomer. Yes, the city was was attacked and burned, but that was part of a long-running battle between England and France, of which we know we were involved, and Native Americans being pulled on both sides. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, from the, from the very start of the of, of, the, of the, the city back in uh, the 1660s, up and through the up and through uh, you know today. I mean, we have a long running history with a lot of different uh, waves of immigration and a lot of different uh, people who've left their mark here. Right. Well, Chris Leonard, uh, been fascinating uh, talking with you. We have a couple of minutes left. Do you have any, uh, you mentioned a couple, maybe just repeat them if you will, but uh, do you have any specific um, uh, events, maybe public events that you'll be doing in uh, Schenectady in the coming months? Uh, there are, you know, there's a couple that will be, that, that will be uh, taking place. Um, last year I started giving uh, walking tours of the GE Realty plot. Um, unlike the, uh, the the GE Realty Plot Association tours where you go in houses, this is just a walk around the neighborhood. And we talk about you know the fascinating people and um, incredibly important scientific and uh, historic advances that took place in these homes. Um, I'll be starting that back up again in May. Um, I'll be speaking before the um, Schenectady County Historical Society uh, shortly, uh, talking about um, Frederick Eisenmenger, who was the uh, mayor of Schenectady, in uh, 1904 through 1906, but I'll be focusing on his time with the uh, 134th New York Volunteers in the Civil War when he was either 11 or 12 years old. And what about the Efner Center itself? Uh, way back in the interview, we talked about uh, the Efner Center, which is the uh, history office, if you will, at Schenectady City Hall. Um, are you going to have regular office hours there? Yes, I have uh, regular office hours in the Efner Center. Um, I'm there on Mondays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., and then on Wednesday and Thursday from 9 a.m. to noon. You can reach me to set up an appointment at um, 518-382-5088. I'm also there um, you know, by appointment. And if you want to do research on uh, General Electric, on ALCO, on uh, city government, Schenectady City Government as a whole, um, See, potentially see pictures of your house or uh, or look through, uh, the, as they said, the hundreds of thousands of photos from uh, from Efner and, and others. Yep, come on down. We'd love to see you. Okay. It sounds as if uh, it's an interesting place to visit, but it's visited primarily for research, right? I mean, it's not really a museum as such. Oh, no, no. it's not. I mean, it's not a museum at all. We do have a few interesting artifacts there, but it's really um, – you know, a repository of, 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 of books and papers and, and ephemera. Well, Chris uh, Leonard, it sounds like you've uh, got a real positive attitude and you're going to uh, work hard in, in Schenectady. Welcome to the area. Thank you. We've been talking with Chris Leonard, the newly named Schenectady historian. I, I just made it sound like he just moved in, but he's been in uh, the area for uh, 14 years. Chris Leonard, the new city historian in Schenectady. In naming uh, Chris Leonard to the post, Schenectady Mayor Gary McCarthy said, quote, 
Uh, we've been looking for a while, and Chris has a level of enthusiasm that's exactly what we're looking for in this position. He appreciates some of the challenges we're facing now, and we don't have the money to pay for it. He understands that and uh, will, was quite willing to come on board. I think he'll be a valuable asset to our city. That from Schenectady Mayor uh, Gary McCarthy. And also there's information on Chris Leonard in an article by Bill Buell of the Daily Gazette. You've been listening to the Historian's Podcast. I'm Bob Cudmore. 